0: Welcome to The Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Tuesday, April 5th, and today, we're talking about Elon Musk becoming the largest shareholder in Twitter. We're gonna to talk to Bill Cohen about whether Musk has an end game or if he's just bored and trolling, like any billionaire would. And then Tina Wynn stops by to tell us what the Twitter news means to MAGA World, and also whether Trump's app, Truth Social, is dying in the crib. We'll hear about all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Are you tired of sleeping hotter than hell? I sure am, I sleep hot. There's something crucial about sleep that eludes us when we're too warm, too uncomfortable, and too caught in the web of our own thoughts to drift off. And while curiosity fuels our days, science tells us that cool sleep recharges our nights. That's where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Meet the bed cooling system that elevates the quality of human life through cool sleep. So trust me on this one. Visit sleep.me powers to get your chili pad and save up to $315 with code powers. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the Powers That Be daily. I'm joined by Bill Cohan to talk about a pretty fascinating story today. Uh, Elon Musk bought almost 10% (laughs) of Twitter, which is so interesting. Um, And I just want to say to the audience and specifically to a Twitter user named uh, Toby Cook, Toby, uh, Bill and I apologize for front-loading our previous episode with way too much college basketball. You said it sounded way too bro so we're not going to bro out today, except we're going to talk about the ultimate bro dude, Elon Musk, because the bros love Elon Musk.
1: Um, <laughs> Bill, welcome. What, what did Elon actually do? Well, he, um, well within his uh, rights, of course, as the world's richest man and worth like $275 billion, kind of stealthily, I assume in the last few weeks, ended up buying 9.2% of Twitter. You know, once you cross a certain thresholds of ownership, uh, usually around 5%, you have to uh, release that information publicly. So he was uh, actually following an SEC guideline for a change and uh, announced, I think, on Twitter that he had owned that much of Twitter stock. Twitter stock went up like 25% today, so he uh, is already kind of in the money on his roughly $3 billion investment, up another $800 million. Uh, not that he needs the money or it's at all even remotely material to him, but not exactly sure what he's up to here, Peter. But, uh, if it's an investment, he's up, uh, 800 million so far in a, you know, for a couple of days work. So that's not bad. I was just looking back at Twitter's market cap.
0: I mean, today it's like, as we're taping this, it's about 40 bill, but he, you know, if he's buying in right now, he's under where it was trading about a year ago, which is Like a lot of tech stocks, honestly, are going to go $60, $70 a share. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, he doesn't need the money. We know he's a Twitter obsessive. He tweets about Joe Biden and uh, Elizabeth Warren and Vladimir Putin and everything in the entire world. And then, as you mentioned, he tweeted today, oh, hi, LOL, after the news broke that he bought into Twitter. So he could plausibly make a lot of money. Do you have any idea what other shareholders or executives at Twitter think about this? And does this put him in a position of actually having a lot of power at Twitter? I mean, he has more, I think Jack Dorsey has about 2%, uh, their former CEO at this
1: point. Yeah, no, he's, uh, I assume uh, he's the largest shareholder by now, uh, which, you know, gives him a, a lot of clout if he wants it. I mean, it's not exactly sure what he wants uh i know he's and and i guess tina will get into this but he you know moans about you know uh not being able to have the free amount of free speech that he wants i i think he's got you know a shitload of free speech he's always <laughs> blithering off no one's censoring elon musk uh you know his tweets are supposed to be monitored by lawyers uh, after he settled with the sec after he You know, said a few years ago he is going to take the company uh, Tesla private at $420 a share. It was fully financed, all of which was not true and ridiculous. Um, But, of course, as usual, uh, caused uh, a lot of attention and a bit of a scandal. So, you know, in my mind, you know, this guy who complains about Twitter because he doesn't have enough free speech, you know, I think he's got plenty of free speech. Uh, We all have a lot of free speech you know, you don't have the free speech to yell fire in a crowded theater, but, you know, he's got all the free speech and more that he could possibly want. What could he do with Twitter? I mean, he, he certainly could buy it, uh, you know, for another, whatever, 36 billion or so. I don't know why he would do that. Um, you know, if he wants to have influence, he certainly can have all the influence he wants owning 9.2%. He, can also probably ask for a board seat if he wants. He could probably push for and uh, ask for a regime change at the top of the company, you know, in terms of management, if if he wanted to, like, like an activist investor might do, like Dan Loeb, kind of thing Dan Loeb does and that Bill Ackman used to do. I mean, so, you know, there's a lot of things available to him. I don't see uh, Tesla uh, buying Twitter. It's completely... Ridiculous. If I were on the board of Tesla, uh, you know, I would nix that, and certainly, you know, any representatives of non Elon Musk shareholders of Tesla would find that ridiculous. And I think if he wants to quote have influence in the media in the way that sort of other wealthy guys uh, in the world have done by buying things like the Washington Post or the L A Times or or a variety of other you know newspapers. You know, he could certainly spend a lot less money than $40 billion and have that influence. I mean, the New York Times, all of the New York Times is only trading these days at about $7 billion. So if he wanted to have real influence, um, you know, dramatically serious influence, much more than he could have owning Twitter, he could get it for a lot less than buying Twitter. He could have, you know, he could buy Puck for a lot less than he could for... <laughs> Uh, buying Twitter and have real influence too. So I'm not sure what he's up to.
0: The influence question is fascinating though. I mean, he's got 80 million, more than 80 million followers on Twitter. People hang on his every word. If he tweets something, CNBC covers it, CNN covers it. Like you don't need to have all of this stock in the company to have influence. Unless, like you said, his goal is to either get on the board or be an activist investor. You know, if Elon Musk has a control, some kind of, control over the platform by the time 2024 rolls around and Donald Trump is like saying, yo, let me back on here. That's something that could maybe possibly happen if he wants to control the sort of product and the values of the company. Like, you know, if I was an employee there, that's something that would catch my eye. (laughs) But yeah, on the influence question, he doesn't need it. Like people, people follow him constantly. It's a weird thing. Yeah. He's he's
1: got, you know, 80 million followers on Twitter. So as you said, Peter, everything he does, if he smokes a joint, you know, people comment. (laughs) He doesn't need to own any shares of Twitter to have that kind of influence and power. He's already got tremendous influence and power by being the world's richest man, by owning Tesla. You know, if he's trying to do something to benefit Donald Trump of all people, if that's what this is all about, uh, I think uh, he'll, you know, and if he you know, like buys it, all of it suddenly and decides he's going to do that so he can put Donald Trump back on Twitter, I think Twitter would become irrelevant at that point because the community on Twitter would be so appalled by that kind of behavior that they would just say, OK, if this is becoming a Donald Trump mouthpiece, then I mean, I for one would not that I'm of any importance or relevance on Twitter, but I I for one would close-up shop on Twitter at that point.
0: You would. I I don't know if, like, a cable news producer would would freak out about that, though. That's a, that's a huge power move, though, that you just referenced. Like, putting Trump back on Twitter would be one of the biggest things in the world. It would be historical. I mean, like, Trump being silenced on the platforms our last few years has had an immeasurable impact on our discourse and on his political power. For the better, right? Yeah, I agree. But it's, like, lessened his power and if he's ever allowed back on i mean like elon could
1: be the the secret door <laughs> i don't know
0: we're gaming this out
1: but it's not crazy to think i know peter Thiel, your namesake is close <laughs> to, to to trump uh, you know let's let's just remember one thing i mean again he's not going to the poorhouse anytime soon but but pre-pandemic elon musk was only i say only reservedly only worth like 30 25 30 billion the value of his fortune like increased tenfold during the pandemic, right? So I mean, this th- th- he could have a round trip very easily. Uh, and if he you know decides to go any further here with Twitter and become some sort of Trump apologist, okay and become really political, then you know then right away he's alienated half at least half the country. Forget buying Teslas. You know, I mean, again, if he does something like that, he could actually, this could all totally backfire on him, you know, wealth wise. I also think the cold war between Elon Musk and Joe Biden in
0: in recent months has thawed a little bit because Biden actually said the word Tesla when he was talking about green energy cars. And that was really grating on Elon Musk. But it's clear that Elon sort of takes these things as very personal slights. Is <laughs> only the world's
1: richest man can. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think he has a coherent worldview in the sense that we can change the world with my ideas and my technology. But beneath that, in terms of political ideology, I just think he is like a lot of people on Twitter, which is what's hot today. What's annoying today. What can I, what hot takes can I deliver? And that because he's so wealthy could motivate him waking up one day and being like, I want to buy all this stock, which is crazy. Anyway, Bill, thanks so much for riffing on this weird topic we'll see you next week (laughs) Uh,
1: you know no one can get enough of elon elon musk (laughs) especially when he's buying twitter so and the crypto bros too take care
0: this episode is brought to you by shopify Welcome back, everyone. Now, let's take a quick minute to see what's going on with Tina Wynn on her beat right now.
2: Thanks, Peter. So it's been an interesting couple of days in MAGA social media world, which is its actual own little parallel universe to the world that you and I inhabit. And that's sort of on purpose. Um, Going way, way, way back in time uh, to Trump's cancellation slash deplatforming with Twitter, there's been a longstanding belief that social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook meta basically have had an inherent bias against conservative content. So flash forward to Trump getting kicked off of Twitter, getting kind of canceled from Facebook. That just seems to prove everyone's, you know, uh, biases to begin with. So Trump's initial plan was to build his own social media network to Prove, one, he can outdo Twitter at their own game. Two, have his own version of Twitter where he can, you know, tweet to his heart's content. And three, find a very lucrative way to take all of these people who were suspicious of Twitter in the first place and bring them over to a highly lucrative MAGA platform. So initially... That didn't work out so well. Um, There've been so many other MAGA platforms that have tried to capture this moment, like Rumble, which is the YouTube alternative, Getter, which was founded by his former comms director, Jason Miller, but Truth Social was the one that was going to make the most money, but then it just completely cratered as a project. Like they didn't have Android development. They didn't have a functioning website. Very few people were able to come on board the site. And over the weekend, two of its executives left. So that smells really bad news for Truth Social. The other thing that could really kneecap it is Elon Musk's announcement that he is now a majority shareholder in Twitter. And Elon Musk himself has been a big proponent of free speech Comes from a super libertarian background, but one of his uh, hobbies on Twitter is just trying to poke the boundaries of what is and is not acceptable for him to say on Twitter. It sort of engendered this diehard following among the MAGA conservative crowd, and it doesn't particularly matter that he's not a Trump loyalist. He's just way too wealthy to even care about what Trump wants, and I think, in a weird respect, the MAGA universe respects that. But him buying enough of Twitter so he could feasibly say, I have a say in the future of this platform. I can reshape the rules of what Twitter can and can't publish. This is my playground now, you guys. That does a lot of things. One, that makes Twitter far more relevant than it has been in the past couple of years. It's turned into this weird echo chamber of political figures and the journalists who cover them. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. It's true. Um, and two, it actually takes a lot of the gas out of these new MAGA vehicles that were trying to position themselves as Twitter alternatives. Because, look, if your value proposition is that social media is censoring you, so you should come over to our crappier, jankier platform where at least you can say whatever it is you want to say, then Twitter suddenly pivoting to hey, you know what? We're going to take these claims seriously. Here's the biggest owner of our company who's saying this then why leave Twitter? If you have like some trust in the company or trust that Elon Musk is going to bring Twitter back to a specific place that makes you feel comfortable, why go to the place that's absolute dog shit? Um, So that's sort of the way I kind of see both of these entities positioning themselves. The platform that is super problematic but works very well, has been around for over a decade, and is now, its future will now be steered by a public figure who's been very vocal about free speech versus the completely disconnected platform that's run by the guy you know will let you talk about whatever Nazi shit you want, but it barely even works. I mean, the value of Elon joining Twitter is that he has this sort of MAGA reputation and and intellectual dark web credibility to join Twitter and say, hey, I think this company is going to take my concerns seriously. Whereas I don't know if Donald Trump or Ben Shapiro or Dave Rubin tried to create their own social media platform. Okay, sure. This person aligns with your values as a consumer, but their product is going to suck. And who knows whether the corporation that's trying to try to pivot to free speech wokeness, for lack of a better word, is going to succeed over the homegrown company that made its moral claim early on from the very beginning, but still kind of grows into uh, lesser products. Um, yeah, that's sort of where my mind's at. And I'll let you know more about it when uh, things start kicking off and Elon like drives Twitter into the moon.